Okay, I think we're All right. Let's do this. Let's do it. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, the podcast inspired by a podcast that might be too beautiful to live. From the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, I'm Ann Lundholm. We have entered October, the spookiest of months, and so it's appropriate that today we're convening the coven. Uh, We've got a lot of potions to brew, some spells to perfect, and of course, men to curse before we get to our hallowed day and... By holiday, of course. I mean Hillary's birthday. Yay! <laughs> Happy birthday month, Hillary. Thank you. Yeah, fuck and- truck Trucktober. I don't care about Trucktober. No, 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 it's no, my no. birthday month. <laughs> and joining me from Middle Age Mama's Studios in Austin, Texas, you've heard the woman herself, Hillary Livingston Butler. Good morning, Hillary. Good morning. I'm impressed. With myself that I got a curse word in before I was even introduced to the podcast. <laughs> My dad will be so proud. Good morning. And rounding out our trio from Home Sweet Money Pit Studios in the North Rosedale Park neighborhood of Detroit, Michigan, it's Meredith, the MVH Van Harn. Good morning, Meredith. Good morning, Anne. You're ahead of us all because you have three familiars. As I do. <laughs> yes. And I do have a black cat and he Ooh. loves to sit on my shoulder. <laughs> it's like Salem. Go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's that cat's name. I have been trying off and on for months to remember the name of that cat. I love Salem. I, and the in the Melissa Joan Hart, um, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. It's not a good show, but Salem was low-key very funny. So it was I, very funny, but very creepy. I found so, the animatronics, animatronics really unsettling. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't watch it because of that. One of my favorite memes, which, you know, we'll talk about memes later, but one of my favorite memes is, is Salem just like filing his whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, claws. His claws, yep. <laughs> Well, as always, we'll handle some LRB business. We'll bring you our final full TBTL Week in Review. We'll do some housekeeping, and we'll let you know how you can get involved with the show. Uh, let's get into business. Yes. Um, we are making a new show, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's happening. A new show, a different show. I wanted to do a quick update for everybody. We had a... Um, show a staff meeting that's what we'll call it where (laughs) we kind of went through all the ideas that we'd been kicking around and made some decisions wanted to let everybody know that we do have a name Mm -hmm. we'll talk about it next week we have kind of a loose concept for the show we have a URL good news it only cost us half a jam it was (laughs) $12.99 amazing Mike still wasn't sure. He thought that was a little high, but, you know, he lived through the depression. So, <laughs> And we've got some ideas that we're tossing around. So um, things are coming together and there will be a Facebook group at Mike's insistence, not a page, a group, because one of our 
uh, a really big uh, desires is to have a place where everybody can hang out and build community, kind of like the Sense page before it turned into a dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really excited about getting a few more things nailed down, and then uh, and then we'll tell everybody next week yeah. what's yeah. going to be. It's going to be awesome. <clears throat> Stay tuned, everybody. Now, Meredith, you were on vacation last week or the week before, right? And I have noticed that your vacations don't seem to go that well lately. <laughs> yeah, this is becoming a theme. Um, so just to, to refresh anybody's memory, last year I went to um, Hawking Hills and stayed in a gorgeous Airbnb um, and with plans to do literally nothing. I brought, you know, piles of books and we just were going to watch TV and do nothing the whole time. And I got violently ill and I was sick in bed yep. the whole entire, I could, I was so nauseous I could barely move um, for the whole entire week. And I still managed to like go on a queasy hike because I wanted to see the Hawking Hills waterfalls and stuff so bad. And I was like, okay, I'll bring all the Pepto-Bismol and all the Tums and all. <laughs> so I was just chewing on Pepto-Bismol the whole time and just sort of like, okay, I think I can make it. Anyway, so that was my last year Ohio trip. This year was Dayton. And it started out really great. It was super fun. It was going to see Gregory's from there originally. So it was like, he gets very little vacation time. And so this was, you know, his, his trip to see his family and his friends. Um, so not super exotic, but it was actually really fun. And his friends are wonderful. He's got tons of them down there still. Um, and so we were, we were hanging out. We had plans to go on this long bike ride on Sunday. Um, we got there on a Friday and it, it was probably the longest bike ride that I've ever done in my life. Um, maybe since I was a kid. Uh, about 36 miles, Dang. which I'm a, a baby cyclist, so that was a lot. And so the plan was to go to this dairy and have a little ice cream and some coffee and then and then ride back. Um, so we, you know, it's it's four people, Gregory, two of his friends, and me. And we make it all the way to the dairy. It's super fun. Um, and there are, like, walnuts all over the, the um, trail. It was a trail ride. And... Um, those are really dangerous for psych when you're going fast because your your tire can slip on them and um, you can wipe out. And so we're trying to be real careful about these um, walnuts. And so the plan on our way back is like, okay, once we get to a place with no walnuts where where it's like clear and sunny, let's do a sprint and see how fast we can go. <laughs> like oh boys. no! And that so can't we find I know. So we find this we find this clearing and we're trying so hard to be safe. <laughs> and, and as soon as we start, Gregory's cleat comes out of his pedal. And he slips in such a way that uh, the the sprocket on his bike um, that holds the chain in place um, cuts his leg open. And he didn't realize it at first because it didn't hurt. And so he's sprinting for a good couple of minutes. And I saw this happen and I didn't think much of it. I didn't see the cut. It just looked like he had some grease on his leg from the chain. And so he's sprinting, sprinting, sprinting. And then eventually one of us sees it up close and we're like, oh, no, 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 no. You need to stop right now. And so we had to actually kind of pedal back. It was very clear right away that there was no way we were going to be able to bike back to the... Okay. Bear is on my lap and chewing on my cord. <laughs> Hi, bud. I'm sorry. You can't... Can you stop? Thank you. Um, so, so it became very clear that we couldn't um, get back to the car. It was about 10 miles from where we were parked. So we had to 
backtrack a little bit. He's pedaling with one foot, <laughs> trying not to like get more blood flow to this injury. And um, I had to call 911 and we had to hobble across this long field to get to the road and laid him down, you know, head down and foot up in the air um, and, and waited, I don't know, good 20 minutes for this ambulance. It was forever because we were in the middle of nowhere yeah. and there was no way, you know, it was just, that's what we had to do. So it was my first ride in an ambulance um, and we went Was to, it exciting? It was very bouncy. The yeah. chairs are extremely hydraulic, I, and that was that was my takeaway. I was like, "Wow, this is very." <laughs> you drive over like a little stick, and the whole thing was <laughs> bouncing in the air. Um, but he was—he ended up being fine. We had to go and get um, get him some stitches, X-rays, make sure there was no metal in it. It was really a dirty cut, so there was a lot of cleaning. And he's extremely squeamish, so he couldn't look at it, and was. Um, you know, just trying to not even catch a glimpse of it in a reflection of something silver in the hospital room. <laughs> like, that's how squeamish. I was just like, oh, God. So I took pictures of it getting getting sewed up and stuff. It was kind of cool. So mm-hmm. I, I think maybe trips are cursed. Maybe just trips to Ohio are cursed. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I feel like we should try one more time and just see. Like, <laughs> first time it was me, That this time it was him. Now what's going to happen the next time? Maybe we'll just get killed. You know, that's, that's probably it. <laughs> We're going to be you like, should, you should try Pennsylvania instead. <laughs> yeah, maybe a different state. <laughs> if you say you're going to Ohio, we're going to be like, Meredith, no. No. <laughs> but it was so much fun. Dayton is a is a surprisingly cute city. Um, there's, a, there's a part of town called um, St. Anne's Hill that is historic homes. That's where the Airbnb was. And there's a cat cafe down the street. So, of hey. course, we went to that. We went to that twice. Um, and some cute bakeries and he's got some friends who lived right around the block from where we were staying. And so we hung out with them and it was super fun. It was a great time other than this horrible injury. <laughs> God. I've seen, I'm like famously squeamish. Like I can't look at stuff like that really, but I saw one, I think I, I must follow Gregory on um, Instagram and I saw a little bit of a stitch and I was like, no, yes, <laughs> yes. I might've put some picture of something in the chat too. So sorry for that. No, it's okay. Hey, like it's like a push pull. Like I don't want to see it, but also like I can't not see it. So mm-hmm. I don't know. He can't. It's so funny. He's got a group chat too. And so when we were at the hospital, everybody was like, Oh, I want to see, I want to see. And he's like, I can't look at the pictures to send it to them. Will you please send it? <laughs> And then do something to push it off the screen so I don't see it when I look at the chat again. So I said, I was like, hi, everybody. Here's a picture of his leg. And then I typed stitches are bad one letter at a time and then put some cat pictures to clear it out. You're a nice girlfriend. Yeah, I know. Oh, well, poor Gregory. Is he going to be okay? Yeah, his stitches come out on Monday. So Oh, that's pretty quick. Good. Yeah, it's healing up really well. Good. Oh, good. Well, we'll stay tuned for your next vacation. <laughs> Don't Hopefully. decide to try hang gliding. <laughs> oh, yeah, God. No thanks. Parachuting. <laughs> uh, my news for this week is much smaller. I feel a little bit like I'm getting close to uh, hypocrisy because I feel like this is on a level with garbage talk, but it's what's important to me. And I'm going to spend five minutes on it, not 45 minutes. So I figure that's okay. Uh, I sent a couple of weeks ago, I sent you guys a picture from work of my vending machine down in the basement of my building. And it is one of those vending machines. This is bottles. We have three vending machines down there. One for junk food, one for cans, 
uh, one for bottles of soda. It's University of Minnesota has a contract with Coca-Cola, so it's all Coke products. And it's one of those vending machines where uh, the front is completely open so you can see all the bottles inside and it has a bar that runs across. And so you put in your number and then it goes up to the row and it has a little grabby hand that comes out and grabs the bottle and then takes it over and puts it down in the chute. And so I went down there and the bar was on the floor of the chamber, broken in two, and there was exposed wiring. It was so broken but the Diet Coke was in there. I could see it. I couldn't get it. <laughs> Almost the worst case. Scenario. That's tragic. <laughs> and I was pounding on the glass going, no. <laughs> <laughs> open, open, open. And so I had to get a can. But, you know, the cans, as I've said before, they're not big enough. They don't hold <laughs> enough. And I like the bottles that you can put the cap on it and take it with you. Or, you know, if you only want a couple of sips of Diet Coke before bed or something, <laughs> then you can put the cap back on, put it in the fridge and have it for breakfast the next yeah. day. Yeah. But I can make do with a can in a pinch. But so I've been supplementing for the last couple of weeks. We have a Target not that far, so I would go to Target or I would go to the McDonald's just to keep my habit going. And I would go down there and check and it would still be broken. And then a few days later, uh, all the product was gone and the uh, power was turned off. So I knew that at least somebody had noticed. And so I've been waiting. It's probably been about three weeks Last week, no, Monday, it was Monday of this week, I went down to get a can of Diet Coke, and I pushed the button and a Coke Zero came out. And you're like, this is bullshit. Excuse me? This <laughs> is unacceptable. <laughs> I know I didn't push the Coke Zero button by mistake because it's two buttons down from the Diet Coke. So I was scared. I didn't go down and get a can until Thursday when I was like, please, 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 please. And it was a regular Diet Coke. So I was, but... This has been a very big part of my life for the last three weeks. Yes. So on Thursday, the last time I was down there, the old machine was gone. The new machine was in. It was powered up, but it hasn't been filled yet. So I'm hoping that my long national nightmare will soon come to a close. (laughs) That's horrific. And people are like, well, Anne, why don't you just bring Diet Coke from home? Uh, Number one, I do. I always bring one (laughs) to start me off in the morning. But the problem is, if I brought a six-pack of Diet Coke, I would drink a six-pack in a day. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. If I bring one from home, then I drink that one. And then I only go to the vending machine twice during the day. So I cut it in half. Yeah. So I'm doing my best. And it's good for you to get up and walk around. You know, Yes, thank you. Yeah. I think you're doing the right thing. <laughs> Maybe take a little walk outside. Although now yeah. it's getting to the point where you have to put a jacket on to do labor go intensive. walk to Target. And it's just sort it. of a hassle. <laughs> but anyway, that's that's my Diet Coke anxiety. It's It's been difficult. <laughs> but I think it sounds I can like make there's it. a light at the end of the tunnel. You'll be all right. I sure hope so. You will. You're going to make it. You're going to make it through. We're here for you. (laughs) Thank you. Now, Hillary, you're having a different kind of existential crisis. (laughs) I am. (laughs) I mean, this is kind of goes in line with like the theme of me. I I'm starting to feel old and I don't want to. Okay. This is my quandary. Um, 
in Austin, you know, it's sort of known for music, whatever. Um, but like in October, they have ACL Fest, which is two weekends of, you know, it's, I think it's similar to, um, what's the one they have in Seattle? Bummer shoot. Like, Bummer I shoot? think it's, it's similar. Yeah. It's similar to that, you know, a bunch of musicians and bigger names and smaller names or whatever. I've had no desire ever to go. I, I've never been before because, well, yes, I can be like kind of wild and adventurous sometimes. I really don't like the idea of, well, I don't like crowds, but, but not like in a, part where like it harms me or anything what I really don't like is I hate waiting in lines I hate Mm -hmm. waiting in lines Mm -hmm. I also hate thinking like if I'm somewhere how many steps it's going to take for me to get home like it's like (laughs) seems like a prolonged process for me to get home like you have to take a bus to go get your car or you have to wait for the uber or whatever I I don't like it it's there's never been a band that I am like, yes, that is like, I really want to go and I'm super psyched about it. And it's like worth the hassle. I just, this is why another thing, like I don't like skiing because I don't like schlepping anything. I'm like, this is too much work for the amount of pleasure I derive out of it. So anyway, I've never been, but this Sunday, not this weekend, cause it's going on right now. And fuck that. I don't want to go. It's like 95 degrees today. I have no desire. That sounds terrible. Um, and I see pictures of the masses. Next weekend, though, it's mostly the same groups, like Guns N' Roses is the headliner on Friday, which I don't need to see, like a Botoxed Mm, Axl Rose. I mean, I like Guns N' Roses just as much as the next person, but no. Um, But on Sunday um, of next week, it's supposed to be like 75 degrees, which is like cold for here right now. And it's going to be like Lizzo, Robin, um, Casey Musgraves. um, And now all these people that I really, really love and I'm trying to battle. I don't have a ticket. I'm hoping somebody will just like by the time it gets to Saturday or Sunday, they'll just be like, Ugh, somebody take this ticket for $25. I'm trying to battle my like, I'm trying to be young and it's like really not working because it just seems like a hassle, but I really want to go like all of those ladies. I really want to see them. And it'd be a hassle. I'm trying to be young, but I'm so tired. I'm so fucking (laughs) tired. I'm so tired. And it just sounds, you have to bring like a clear bag. Like there's, you can't just like Mm -hmm. bring your purse and I don't know, but I don't know. We'll see. Like to be continued if I follow up with it. I told Dave last night that I was thinking about trying to get a ticket and he was like, okay. Like he (laughs) was very like (laughs) dubious of my plans because really on Sunday, I just want to like sit down and not do anything. So we'll see. I, but yeah, I've never been, if anybody, oh, like people in Austin that listen, if you have a ticket and you want to give it to me, also you can do that. <laughs> um, I've never been, I've lived in Austin for, you know, 11 and a half years and this is my, I've just never gone. So anyway, get at me. I, I think these sort of things are always hassles, yeah. but if it's somebody that I really want to see, I never regret it. I know. Um, like I even did Coachella. I was much younger. I wow. was I was definitely music festival age at that yeah. point. But even <laughs> then, I was like, ugh. <laughs> I know. But I did uh. it because The Cure was there and Radiohead was there. Yeah. Actually, uh. Cure, The Cure is there tonight, I think. Um, or they're there next week. And I was like, oh, that would be kind of fun. They uh, were wonderful yeah. in 2004. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever that's worth. <laughs> But I do, gosh, when I read the list, I mean, there's so many people that are coming to this. And I, when I read the really small, like, people, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no idea, which is fine. Like, I don't need to have an idea. I am almost 41. It's, but I have no, I have never heard of 
any of these people. Like not even like, oh yeah, I've heard of them. Never. Like not not any of them. It's wild. That's usually my experience with I the know. small print. Yeah, exactly. So stay tuned. I think as I get older, my guiding principle is are there porta potties that I would have to use? <laughs> mm-hmm. If so, ah, I'm not that no. interested. I know. Mm, no. Yeah. It's yeah. Seriously. I braved that for Wu Tang a few weeks ago. Oh. But I just didn't ever have to go. So the the porta potty problem was not an issue. <laughs> yeah. Get yourself good and dehydrated. I was you super go. dehydrated. Yeah. <laughs> it's very hot. And you can't break the seal like right. ever. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. You know, this is a side note. At my wedding, we had to have a porta potty because <laughs> we had it at a house, like a somebody's mm-hmm. house, but it wasn't like a big house. And most of the stuff, almost all of it was outside. So we were like, well, we don't want them to be like going inside. And also the plumbing like really couldn't handle whatever, 150 people or however many were there. So we had porta potties. I am classy. <laughs> have you ever seen a fancy porta potty? Yes. Celery? Yes. They're nice. So, we didn't yeah. have those. They're surprisingly, like, they have wood floors. (laughs) It's very weird. I've only ever seen them in Texas, of course, at which people parties. (laughs) They're amazing. Porta potty For the oil industry, is that where you saw them? (laughs) Yep. Oil parties. Yep. Yep. The oil industry. (laughs) I mean, true. Yes. (laughs) All right. Um, Let's go back to Meredith. You've had some other illness in the family that we do want to talk about. You just can't catch a break. I know. I'm having a rough time. Um, Poor baby Link has a bladder stone. Mm. Um, And I found out, I don't know, Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday, he, you know, sort of was, I was downstairs cleaning the boxes because I clean them every day. And he was down there and he tried to go and there was nothing. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> that's very, very, very dangerous, especially in male cats, because they can get blockages. And when they have blockages, they die like within a day. So oh. I had to take him. That's why it was so Yikes. urgent. I missed a lot of our meeting because I was at the emergency vet with him. Can I ask a blockage of what? The, what is what is blocking? Well, I mean, it's going to get a little gross, um, but it's, sometimes it's stone material. You know, mm-hmm. if they have bladder stones, sometimes it's like mucus. Sometimes mm. it's just crystals of, you know, stuff that will turn into a stone. And that hurts them, too. Like, it cuts up the inside of their bladder. And yeah, so it's like kind of holes. It's it's not an infection. Um, and his kidneys are healthy. This is like um, a reaction to stress, probably, and to um, a change in diet. So what I had to do is drug him up so much. The doctor said, I want him sleeping with his third eyelid visible. Which is like, if you've ever seen that on a cat, it's like when they're not doing great, when their third eyelid comes out. But she wanted him that relaxed um, as a way to combat the stress that he's feeling. And and she said, there's nothing, you know, you're not doing anything wrong. It's just some cats don't deal with, you know, if you drop a pencil, most of them would be fine. This one is not, you know, he overreacts to it, um, like internally. And, And the bladder is just kind of the symptom of the problem. There's nothing actually wrong with his bladder. It's his brain. So he's on. <laughs> so he's on. Like, hey, that sounds like me. Is he, well, try gabapentin because it's doing <laughs> wonders for him. He is so zonked out. It's so funny. Um, I have to kind of carry him downstairs to the litter box because he's so stumbly that he can barely do it himself. He can. I mean, he's not going to fall, but I feel kind of bad that he's kind of wobbling around. But he's very, very relaxed now and things don't seem to phase him. And 
you know, that's part of it. That's temporary. He's on a couple other medicines. He's on a painkiller too. Um, so that's adding to it, but we're probably going to have him on this anti-anxiety medicine forever now. Yeah, but he's doing better and I think he'll be all right. Uh, It's just, it's just hard to deal with and hard to watch right now. And I'm having to keep such a close eye on him that I can't do very much else. Poor baby. I know. The upside is I got all my TBTL listened to in record time this week. (laughs) (laughs) Just following a cat around all day. Bright side. Silver lining yeah, exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Very. <laughs> well, let's let's uh dive into our mailbag here and talk about a couple of throw your phones that we received this week. Still getting some very nice notes from uh listeners regarding our transition to a new show. Uh from Tyler. Uh, He says, I wanted to drop you a note and thank you for your years of dutiful work recapping TBTL each week. You said it, Tyler. And wish you luck with your new direction as a show. Like some others over the past 10 years, I've slowly gone from being a diehard daily TBTL listener to someone who hasn't listened in months now. I can't really say for sure how or why that happened, but as I was listening to the tbtl thought this year, I just kind of decided I was done with it all. On the Stens page, I increasingly found myself feeling like I was the only one who realized that the Emperor has no clothes, or in the case of TBTL, the podcast is not entertaining. (laughs) (laughs) Through it all, I kept listening to LRB and am excited to see where you take things next. For the record... I was going to suggest that you keep the Little Red Bandwagon name, but then I heard Monday's show, and now I can't think of it as anything other than Little Red Finger Bang Wagon. So please rename the show as soon as possible. It was an excellent email, so good. Tyler. I think you are correct, Tyler. <laughs> and the fact that Mike has hated Little Red Bandwagon from the beginning is... Crazy to me. Even though, didn't he name it? He just threw it out as like the fourth option in a poll so they could round it out. And then that was the one that everybody liked. And he was like, (laughs) oh, man. (laughs) So we are renaming the new show. And um, we like the name and like what it means for the show. So we'll talk about that next week. But I was thinking about what Tyler said about the... (laughs) The Emperor has no clothes or the TBTL is not entertaining. And next week when we do our final LRB, it's going to be all love. No criticism, sweetness and light. So this is my last mm-hmm. chance to like prosecute <laughs> the case, yes. so to speak, against TBTL. And I have a few thoughts that I wanted to share, Tyler. Maybe you can um, see if you agree with it. I think there's three things that are going on. And this is for me. I do want to say for people who still love TBTL, that's totally cool. You know, it fills a certain like need in your life and they're your friends and it's, you know, passes your time and it's entertaining. So it's cool. I don't want to like make anybody feel like I think they're dumb for still liking the show or anything. This is just, you know, what I've come to. I think the first thing was that they hooked on with APM. That's number one. Up until that point, Luke really had to scrap for TBTL all the time. He always had to be on his hustle and be on his game. 
And I remember those days, like when Andrew was in LA and he was miserable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, he would be working those 10, 12 hour days and then getting on with Luke to do like a 45 minute show where he was just so sad. And I worried that whole time. I was like, oh, God, what if Andrew says to Luke, I just can't do this anymore. And Luke had said that he didn't want to do the show with a new co-host. So I was so afraid that TBTL would be over that when they got picked up by APM, I was like, oh, thank God, a little bit of safety and security that can help them not have to work so hard. But mm-hmm. I think what it happened is it made them lazy yeah. about yeah. TBTL yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And people talk a little bit, you know, about the difference between the radio days and now. I think Lauren mentioned last week in her lovely note to us that, you know, it's not the same show that we fell in love with all those years ago, but it's not the same show that went to APM. No. Really is no. what is how I feel about it. The second thing I think is that Luke is too big for TBTL yeah. now. And that's a wonderful problem to have with being the host of Livewire and all the traveling he does, the work for CBS. He still does his charity gigs. He does the freelance stuff for like Amazon and Microsoft. He's so busy mm-hmm. that he just doesn't have the time or the energy to think about TBTL more than like the five minutes of work to copy and paste the show sheet and like change the donors of the day. So Mm. it's evolved into, he's even said this, this isn't me. He said it's become more of an audio journal than anything else. For sure. To my third point, (laughs) Andrew's life is not interesting enough for a daily audio journal. (laughs) And I don't say that with any kind of criticism because my life is not interesting enough for a daily audio journal. I do possibly less than Andrew. (laughs) And I can barely come up with one thing to talk about once a week for five minutes. The idea that he has to come up with 20 to 30 minutes of material about his life every day is how we get to garbage talk and stock talk yeah, and yeah. where he went for lunch, you know? Yeah. It just... It gets it's a tedious. hard problem. Yeah. It's a hard problem. Yeah. If it was five minutes of garbage talk, I would be totally happy with it because it's a universal thing and yeah. something that we all have to deal with. It's really relatable, but it's just too much for me. So those are my three keys to the show. <laughs> getting, yeah, getting with the APM, Luke's career rise. Again, a great thing, a great thing. And that I don't think that Andrew's life is suited to the kind of show that they're making on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When they do something different, like we're going to talk about these live shows, that was really interesting and fun. And I enjoyed both of those shows a lot. And the other three shows this week, I was not <laughs> thrilled with. <laughs> <laughs> There's only so much Sky Jinx that I want Ooh. to listen to. Yeah. I'm tapped out on Airplane <laughs> Particularly <Talk. laughs> this week. Yeah, so we'll yes. get into that. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I meant to tell you guys before we started. Um, I do try to, like, be restrained in my reaction sometimes. But I think I'm going to go full Sam Viner. On this <laughs> topic, I can't wait. yeah, <laughs> I love it. That's what coven days are for. Yep, yep. 
Let's let it out. Okay, one more throw your phone from Shannon, our friend Shannon. Also another nice note. Hi, all. I just wanted to chime in with all the other Wagoneers to say thank you for your many years of service. You all have been so fun to get to know over the years, and it's clear that you enjoy one another's company, which it's is all a lie. It's a lie. We, we hate, hate each we other. We hate each other. Yeah, it's true. Don't get me started about Bobby. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, each of you bring your strengths and personality to the table, and I look forward to seeing what the next iteration of LRB will bring. I will miss your weekly recaps and the clip shows for sure, but you have a rich archive of your own that I can go back and listen to. You all introduced me to parts of TBTL that I wasn't familiar with, and that has been just so awesome. Side note, I did not appreciate Andrew's dig at LRB on the live show <laughs> when clearly you all have helped the guys out many a time and have really championed the mission of curing world loneliness. Yeah. Finally, you have all worked so hard on the archive project. Well, except for Mike, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> and I bet a lot of us would love access to that in some form if you don't mind sharing. Look forward to hearing you all again soon. Thank you, Shannon. As for the archive project, I feel confident that we will uh, make it public. It needs a lot of work. Christy and I have mentioned this before. We have some people that like hit the submit button like three or four times on their write up. And so oh. there are like multiple lines with the same recap. And there's some, you know, number issues where people just put in the wrong show number or the wrong date. And all of that has to get sorted out. And maybe I'll go through and like correct some. Spelling every time people spell <laughs> Carrie's name wrong. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that Luke's wife's name is spelled correctly in the archive of the show. But I think the plan is that we'll make that available to people. It's too much good stuff to not not let everybody dig into if they want to go back and listen to TBTL. So we'll it's definitely t- do that. archive. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And um, also, thank you for your comment <laughs> on Andrew's yeah. dig at us on the live show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're there. Uh, like, LRB is the place to go if you want to be nasty. All right. <sighs> I mean, I guess we deserve some of that, but it's a little bit punching down, don't you think, yeah, guys? I, that's what I was thinking the other day. I was like, they're just punching down. We're punching up. They have, they get paid <laughs> yep. to do this. Like, Andrew mm-hmm. makes a salary that can support living in Seattle off of this. So I don't know. I, I, I find it like they just, they're such sensitive man babies. It's exhausting. Yeah. It's hard when you're a delicate flower. Yeah. <laughs> no. They just have a lot of feelings. <laughs> Let's do one more thing in business. We got a fax. From our friend Alan, who is our first class faxer. It is a non-butt fax, or so he kind of says, although we may have to discuss that. He sent us a nice note with that. It says, greetings, soon-to-be former LRB gang. I have sent voice memos to Ann and Hillary, but figured a fax would be more appropriate for the group. Yes, I was sort of helping Alan test out whether it would work to send voice memos the way he wanted to do it. Uh, first, sorry for my lack of butt faxes. I found some good ones, but they printed out so dark, I knew the fax would be totally indecipherable. I will keep looking. Thank you, Alan. <laughs> I remember how much I look forward to the LRB podcast, but it's too bad that Luke and Andrew are so thin-skinned that they can't take even a little criticism. 
I still like the show, but they seem to have holed up in their castle and pulled the drawbridge up so no one can really get to them (laughs) to make comments that may actually be useful to improve the show. And granted, LRB did go to negative town a bit, but it was totally justified. (laughs) I can't say your announcement was a surprise to me. As time went on and you all meshed better, the most interesting part soon became the non-TBTL content. Similar to the way we got to know Luke, Jen, Sean, and Andrew, you have all shared so much of yourselves that I feel like I know you so well, I wish we could all hang out so you could know me. I am sure whatever you decide, the new format will be fun, and I will definitely be listening. Looking forward to whatever the future brings from Alan. And then we got this picture, (laughs) and I just have no idea. It sort of seems a little bit like... This is probably not PC, but it looks like a little black Sambo with a Darth Vader helmet on. Yes. Yes. See, Which I, would be extremely inappropriate of Alan to send us. I don't know. I mean, he says that he didn't send a butt fax, but it looks like a cat butt to me. And you would know. And I would know. <laughs> I'm well aware of a cat butt. I'm well versed. Yeah. Yeah. That's how they say hello. So, <laughs> Well, whatever this is, it makes our day whenever we get a fax. Yeah. So please keep them coming. I just love the idea that it comes to Bobby. <laughs> mm-hmm. At work. <laughs> Thank you, Alan. All right. Let's get in to the Week in Review. I'm going to start with Let's Put on a Show. Yeah. There's no business like like show show business. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about the live show in Orlando. They had terrible notes in the show descriptions for those. They're just like, our live show. (laughs) I'm like, ugh, I actually have to take notes for this again so uh i wrote down that uh maria elena reps for waffle house boy she is enthusiastic she is great she she really seems to believe in the the dream of waffle house yeah yeah i i've never been to a waffle house right we don't have them here when i saw the pictures that people were posting of it i was like oh that's not what I pictured at all. I thought it would be more like a Denny's or a Perkins. No, they're small. Or something. They're but small. it's like a diner. Yeah. Like yeah. a real, just yeah. with a counter, basically. I thought, yeah. how can you possibly do a show in there? Who thought this was a good idea? Well, and it always made me nervous because I think they're all built out relatively the same, meaning like there's a counter and then they're, it's not like movable tables or anything. Like they're right. all in built. the floor. They're built in. So, yeah. I mean, it, it seemed like everybody who was there had a good time. Mm-hmm. So that's the most important part of it, I guess. And Andrew got a real big kick out of having their broadcast set up in the sink <laughs> and described how that was Frankenstein together in several different iterations of that. He's very proud of himself. He was like, guys, but we put a crate and we put the stuff on the crate. I'm like, yeah, Andrew. Down. Got it the first couple of times he said it. <laughs> but, I, you know, the Waffle House people seem to be, like, all in mm-hmm. on yeah. having them do this, like, weird thing there. So, great. Uh, Luke 
orders hash browns during the show. I, I'm not entirely certain that I got it all, but I believe they were scattered, smothered, covered, diced with jalapenos. I don't know what the code is for jalapenos. They didn't say. Yeah, that's a that's an extra bonus because I don't feel like that's traditional. Uh huh. And then, he didn't want mushrooms and he didn't want ham. Right. Those were right. the yes. two that he didn't get. Right. And then uh, at least he didn't eat them into the microphone. That's a good thing. Yes. Although I don't know how noisy hash browns are, but Andrew talked for like mm, two minutes and then Luke was done with the hash browns and he was like <laughs> he was like I was trying to eat them slowly so that it wouldn't get picked up on the mic and I was like that was slowly <laughs> holy cow well and I I've, I've been to a waffle house and I've gotten hash browns they're not small it's no. not a little dish that's no. not like a side it's a huge plate of hash browns Luke Luke and I eat alike I mean it is my major character default um like it's uh, a real negative in my life. I consume things so quickly. It would, yes, I have a bunch of people in my family, but it wasn't like anybody was ever stealing my food. I, anything that's in front of me, I consume it. Like, like I, somebody's going to take it away. It's embarrassing. I, I, I try to get people to like, I try to like, you know, in diet culture, they're always like, take a bite. And then, you know, put your fork down, take, you know, you'll be fuller faster how and does then, it feel in your mouth <laughs> and i'm like no Are i'm hungry full yet <laughs> <laughs> yes but i'm gonna keep eating all right um, this is yeah, good because no, it tastes good no <laughs> this is one of the reasons why i hate having to go first through the food line <laughs> at yes. any kind of gathering because oh. I get my food and sit down then I'm like horf, 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 horf. and by the time the last people get their food back to the table like I'm done I try to make sure that I'm at the end of the line because then at least I have a chance <laughs> not of like, so finishing obvious. at the same time as some other people I think I eat quickly but it's because it's like ugh, now I have to deal with this and I don't want to deal with this longer than I have to so let's get it out of the way <laughs> Like, I think that's why I eat really fast, because I do the same thing. But it's not, yeah, nobody was grabbing food off my plate when I was little. There were three of us, but, it, you know, that's not, that's not like how, Luke sibling levels. No. So I think that's my only, that's my only guess about how I feel when I have food in front of me. It's like, okay, time to deal with this. Let's get it over yeah. with. <laughs> See, the thing about Lundholm women is that we spend our days Thinking. talking about where we should eat, yep. then going to the place where we're going to eat planning the food, then eating, then talking about what we ate. So <laughs> it's really sort of the central component of our lives. So yeah. the idea that I would be like, Ugh, I have to take care of this so that I can get on with things. No, this is the thing. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, let's see. Listener Nick, the perfect 10, gets his moment in the sun. <laughs> He's been on the show before, but this was, you know, a good a Nick focused yeah. segment. I mean, it's part of the reason they went to Orlando mm-hmm. in the first place. And Nick is just, I think it came through on the show, yeah. but he is just such a nice guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if anybody wants, we uh, had him on the show a few years back now. I think it was the first interview that I was ever a part of. I think Mike drafted oh. me in not long after I joined the show and Nick's clip was the time that Luke and Andrew went on the roof to watch the blue angels and Andrew <laughs> got so scared he had to go inside, which is of course an all time classic yep. TVTL clip. So 
Uh, people can look that up. But they gave him a quiz about Orlando, quote unquote, culture, <laughs> which was mostly boy bands. I kind of wished you were there, Hillary. I mean, I was like raising my up. hand. <laughs> Call on me. I have a lot of feelings about this. And uh, they read uh, an email. It was an email or voicemail. I don't remember at this point. Mm, I don't either. I don't remember. It was one of the two from listener Bonnie, who was at the live show. And Andrew was like, Bonnie, are you here? I'm I'm going to read this. Oh, yeah. It was an email. Oh, yeah, I'm going yeah, yeah, to yeah. read this, just so you know. And Bonnie was talking about uh, how she went to a TBGL live show in Chicago, like, probably 10 years ago, and got so drunk that Jen <laughs> kicked her out of the after party. Wow. <laughs> oh, I feel for you. That like, sucks. was she jumping on stage? I think she. It sounds like she was interrupting karaoke. Yeah, oh. she was like, "This is group karaoke." I'm helping. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. You know, I um, I think I've told this story on the show before, but when I went to Seattle for the, the anniversary, you know, we went from Rebar to whatever Seattle's best karaoke. I mean, it's like around the block, like yeah. literally around the block, and. But they liked, <laughs> I was very concerned that they weren't going to have alcohol. I don't know. I, they weren't going to have alcohol at Seattle's best karaoke because I'm <laughs> a child. And I'm like, I have to drink. So <clears throat> I partook in um, something that's legal in Washington State and then started, but like by myself, which was not a great idea. And I started to walk around the block and like Jason and Jen were there. So I was like, Oh, I'll walk with them. And I kind of like teetered on my not heels. They were like wedges. Like they're not high at all. And was sort of stomping around. And Jen just looked at me like, Hillary, are you okay? And I was like, totally. I'm fine. Totally fine. Totally fine. And then we got to the place and she, thank God walked in. I remember I gave Bobby a hug and then I was like, I got, I got to go. <laughs> I got to go back to my, my hotel. So she didn't, kick me out but I feel sad that that was the last time I've seen Jen it was just me shuffling down the street <laughs> unsure of anything <laughs> I feel you girl <laughs> I mean not to make you jealous but I sang karaoke uh, with Jen that night I know yeah. I remember being at Will's the next day and you told us and I'm like fuck what's wrong with me I got myself in trouble all by myself <laughs> Ugh. That's okay. I mean, these decisions are spur of the moment. <laughs> Things happen. <laughs> I mean, they don't happen to me because I'm so scared. But I never do anything fun just well, on the off chance that it might go sideways. <laughs> but you did have fun. And I was the like, I was the after school special while you were like triumphing. I'm like, I mean, Hillary, go home. Get in Hillary, I keep wanting to, I keep wanting to say, oh, we've all been there. But then Anne has not because she's better than us. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Meredith and I are the bad kids on the corner. I've been like, come there. <laughs> I've made fool of myself plenty of times. Oh. No, remember, it's not because I'm better than you. It's because I'm broken. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. no, I think we all are. We just bring it to, to <laughs> deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, do either of you have like any final thoughts about the Orlando show that you want to share before we go? I on just thought Nick or? was really charming. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was really, yeah. really fun. Yeah, yeah, it and it's thing. cool that um, my favorite part was when he won the Everlane gift card, and he was like, "Wait, really? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that was cute. Like, oh, you're actually doing something like that? Okay." <laughs> I, I it reminded me, you know, every time you get to hear the community aspect of TBTL, I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah." 
that's what made the show so great. Mm-hmm. And Luke and Andrew's sort of genuine appreciation for their fans at these times, which, let's be honest, they don't necessarily show the rest of the year. <laughs> when, as Alan says, they go into their castle and they pull the drawbridge <laughs> yeah. up. <laughs> that that really reminds me that um, that this is a thing that we all do together and that's what makes it special yep all right let's talk about the second live show in brooklyn two nights later john hodgman was the guest i love hodgman me too yeah i just do i think he's such an interesting personality and like he's a little bit like prickly yeah but i think i don't know i think part of it is real and i think part of it is you know his what he puts on as his persona mm-hmm. but i find it so interesting and i and i think that he was actually like um sort of warmer and less prickly than he is in a lot of the times that i've heard him before because he can really take no prisoners sometimes right. yeah. verbally yeah. and i didn't get the sense that he was doing that he was giving them a hard time but it's like he knew that he wanted to tone it down a little bit. If you if you want to go toe to toe with Hodgman, you have to be super quick, which mm-hmm. Luke is, and super verbal, which Luke I would say kind of is. Let's say B plus on the verbal <laughs> stuff. Yeah. And you have to be super knowledgeable, which Luke which, isn't. No, but he's curious about the world. <laughs> yeah, he's curious about the world. So like I've been getting into the flop house lately. Oh yeah, and they're good oh, friends yeah. with Hodgman. They've had him on a couple of times. And watching Elliot Kalin go toe-to-toe with John Hodgman is something, let yep. me tell you. Yeah. Someone who is just as quick and just as sharp. I'm like, wow. It's like verbal fencing match, which this wasn't really at TBTL. He was very nice and very congratulatory to them for making it to 3,000 shows, although he did at one point claim that this was all a long-range prank (laughs) (laughs) that they just decided to have him back on and tell him that it had been 3,000 shows (laughs) which is which is pretty funny um so Luke goes ahead and accuses John of not mentioning Luke in his book what was it called? Medallion status? Mm-hmm. Yes. Because Luke had the whole thing about how it was John's visit to Livewire that got him into that elite status. And Luke's like, why didn't you mention me? And John's like, what? And he goes to the page and reads the passage about Luke. <laughs> that made me feel so secondhand embarrassed for I Luke. know. Yeah. I know. Well, because he's like, didn't you read the book? He's like, just part of it and you're like i haven't finished it yet (laughs) i didn't get to page 267 oh (laughs) it also uh, was a major burn when hodgman was like congratulations to you luke and you also other guy (laughs) yeah it's like well you're also here (laughs) poor andrew it was pretty funny um so uh, since Hodgman does this John, Judge John Hodgman podcast, Andrew decides that it would Deep be breath. fun <laughs> to give him a quiz that he found on the internet about Judge Dredd. And I, Hodgman is not oh, having it. Nope. nope. 
it is something else. And Hodgman's like, but I don't know anything about Judge Shred. <laughs> and I was thinking the problem with Andrew's quizzes is number one, they're nothing you ever have any chance of knowing the answer to. So you just have to randomly guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And number two, they're so long. So yeah. long. So <laughs> long. So long. And they do that on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, right? They pick a, a topic that the guest ostensibly has no way to know the answers, but they only have a multiple choice of three. So you have a better chance of guessing. And they only ask three questions. Yep. Right. Yep. And so it works. But the way Andrew does it is not great. And I actually wrote down a quote. At one point, Hodgman said, quote, no one's enjoying this. Keep going. (laughs) (laughs) I think Hodgman was being kind of self-deprecating a lot of the time. Like his negativity, I think, was about himself. Yes. If you listen to what he was saying, he was like, I'm not good at this. I'm making this quiz bad. I don't think he was because I think I think some people thought that he was being mean to them. Uh No, no. No. And I don't think he was, if no. you listen to what he was saying, I think he was kind of busting on his own performance. I think it gets a little tangled up in my embarrassment for Andrew, mm-hmm. yeah. because I was so embarrassed that oh, he yeah. kept, that he wouldn't bail on the quiz. He could have stopped after three questions and been like, but he just powered through it. And I was like, Andrew, no, this isn't working. Yeah, it's not. I don't, it's like, I, I really, I hate, um, when like baby boomers or whatever, like, wow, now we just give everybody, we give kids too much praise and we give everybody a trophy and but I do think that Andrew has been given too much praise on his quizzes and he thinks that he's good at them. I, it, somebody needs to tell him, somebody from APM needs to listen and be like, no, stop. This is not, it's not good. Not funny. It's too long. Or like give him, I don't know, lessons. If he wants to do it, there's ways to do it. And he's not even really great at like giving the questions he always kind of stumbles on it and is very awkward about it i don't know i just whenever he says okay quiz time i'm like and lately it's always pre-packaged i guess quizzes from the internet he doesn't write them he doesn't do the work yep god bless I think Christy was like, oh, I'm listening to this quiz. I'm hiding my hands or I'm hiding my face in my hands. <laughs> yep. As she should. But, yep. but, but Hodgman, I agree. I, <clears throat> I said this in the chat, but I said I, when I heard that Hodgman was going to be the um, guest, I thought, well, I don't know. They have so many New York people. I thought maybe Chris Hayes. I mean, I know he's busy, but I thought maybe Chris Hayes or maybe like Wynn Rosenfeld, who I think lives in New York. Maybe one of them, somebody who's familiar with TBTL, which always to me makes for a better guest. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hodgman was good. And he's, he's like Paul F. Tompkins. Like he's a good podcast host. He knows yeah, how to yep. be on a podcast and yep. he knows how to make it funny. Like, Michael Ian Black used to be like this, but then he almost turned too mean where you're like, I can't tell if he's He's mean. He's mean. Whereas, like you said, Hodgman, it just walks that line of kind of joking, but we're all teasing them. So it's okay. You know, it's fine to, to make light of it. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's see. And then they're going, okay, so they do a q and I was like, Q&A. <laughs> I, I know. That's so dangerous. But it was good. It, it was, was like good. A, it, it was, was very good. good. I've been thinking in general, speaking of the Flophouse again, when they do live shows before they start, they always say, now, while you're waiting to ask your question, I want you to think. <laughs> 
if somebody <laughs> else was asking this question and I was just hearing it, would I be interested? And if the answer is no, then ask another question. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Don't just be like looking for your moment. Yep. That that is a bad use of Q and A. I have a question, but it's mostly a comment. <laughs> I want to hear myself talk on a microphone. That's what the my brother and my brother and me live shows. They always do a Q and A, and it is just the pain, most painful yeah. thing to listen yeah. to. I just hate it. Yep, I do too. I uh, sometimes, sometimes, like I always listen to the beginning of the Q and A, but then if for some reason I have to pause for a little bit, I would say most of the time I'm just like, and I'm done listening uh, to this episode. Yes. Yep. Yeah, because it's always at the end. You can just sort of safely yep. skip it. It's yep. fine because it's, yep. it's um, how do I say this nicely? Oh well, they're drama kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's not Absolutely. nice of me, but that's kind of the, those are the people who get up there and ask questions. They're performative and they're yes. clearly nervous. Like I would be too. Um, but that definitely comes through in their questions and it's just, just kind of painful to listen to. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Speaking of drama kids in my younger days, I had gone, I think I went with my brother, Carl. We went to see a play at the Guthrie theater, the big theater here in Tyne. And we just happened to go on the night where they were like, hey, there's a Q&A with the cast and the director after the show. And we were like, should we stay? Oh, let's stay. I did not have experience with live Q&As then. <laughs> just wanted to stay and watch them talk about it. And the number of people who got up to that microphone and talked mm -hmm. for like five mm -hmm. minutes. Yep. I was like, no, stop. Stop. It's... Whew. It's... That was like every humanities class in college, too, was like that. You know, this is more of a comment than a question, but let me just try to impress the professor for a while. Uh, nobody Thank wants you. to hear it. One time, because I am a theater kid, I'm going to wear the, I'm just going to be honest. One time. Well, I was, too. I'm not, I'm not, you know. Me, this, too. These are my people. I was, I did, I was in theater all through high school, so I know these people. <laughs> but, but one time I went to this, like, Q&A there's a website called Go Bug Yourself that's actually a terrible name, but a really funny website. And the women um, that run it wrote a book or something, whatever. I went to a Q&A with them, and I totally got, I totally did it. I totally you had a did. comment. And I got cut <laughs> off. Oh, no. She, well, she, the, the moderator was like, do you have a question? And I was like, oh, like it like snapped. Like I was like hypnotized by my own comment. And I was like, oh, yeah, um, yes. And then I asked my question quickly, and I was mortified. Luckily, I was oh. by myself, but I was so, and it really, it, you know, it's good. Like some people need lessons. Some people need to be told like, no, this is not about yeah, you. Stay on it's track. About, yep. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> well, sometimes you do get a good question. I don't want to make it seem like nobody should ever ask oh, one. Oh, no, no. Sure. Because, you know, occasionally somebody comes up with something real interesting. I thought the question from Dr. Emily specified that she was a doctor, a PhD doctor. I love that. It was a little dick. Yeah. She's like, I'm a PhD doctor. <laughs> Don't ask me for CPR. <laughs> right. Who is a researcher. I guess it was alternative eating methods. It sounded sources. like emotional, like, you know, like our, our, our emotions and choices around food is kind of what it sounded like to me. Yes. And she has been doing research on insect protein and people's attitudes attitudes towards eating insect protein and she put luke on the spot she wanted to know you know how he feels 
he, how his intrusive animal empathy extends to insects. What yep. makes an insect different from a cow? You know, yep. how he feels about that. I was going to say how he justifies that, but she wasn't asking it in a judgmental way. She mm -hmm. was asking it in a researcher way. Mm -hmm. And then she got out the crickets that she had brought in case he wanted to try one. <laughs> a um, um, taco-flavored roasted crickets. And I believe they all ate one. Yeah. I think Andrew ate a cricket. Yeah. Wow. Shocking. Because he was For like, I hate eater. one. I hate one. I hate one. <laughs> That's amazing. I thought there was no way in hell Andrew, that Andrew would eat a cricket. No. Would he either of you eat, eat cottage a cricket? cheese. Oh, yeah. Ooh. I would. No. I would. I have uh, a pact with my friend that when we go on the amazing race, <laughs> she will eat all the weird foods and I will do anything that involves getting naked. Oh. I made this promise when I was 70 pounds lighter. So <laughs> I might have to renegotiate. But <laughs> but Hillary, you would eat a cricket. I, yeah, I would eat a cricket. I, I, I would probably would if it was flavor blasted in some way. Like I wouldn't want unadulterated cricket taste. No. But if it had ranch on it, I would eat it. <laughs> well, of course. I feel like I, I know when I was at camp, I definitely ate like ant cookies. Like they would mm. bake ants into cookies. I know I did. And one time I think I ate a worm when I was camping. And one time I ate, you know, this is a delicacy and I'm sorry to our listeners that like it, but I ate, you know, stinky tofu, which is like fermented in the gut of like a dead fish. So oh, I, I've eaten that. That was tough because that was like the texture was really grody but um but yeah i'd eat it i mean i don't want to eat like copious amounts that's the thing it's like i'll eat one but You'll i'm not try gonna it. Eat. yeah you're not gonna chow down <laughs> no well i'm not completely squeamish because i did eat deep fried lamb testicles at yeah. the minnesota state Fair ones. <laughs> yeah so yeah they're pretty Oof. chewy i yeah. have to say <laughs> oh, the texture oh mm. yes but i don't know i realize that it's just my like western prejudice yeah. Yeah. and the animal or insects are a huge part of people's diets all over the world but i i don't know i don't think i'm quite ready for that yet yeah yeah it squicks me out a little bit i think something like um flour made of insects is a lot more oh, yeah palatable oh, just because flour? it's not yeah because yeah, it's not like visibly a cricket <laughs> yeah 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 emily brought a like a protein bar right that was yeah. made of cricket flour I could probably try that. I'd be fine with that. Yeah. I don't know. I just think eating a whole cricket like the legs would really <laughs> oh, get me. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, anybody who's eating breakfast or whatever <laughs> right now. Bowl of crickets. Cricketos. Yep. Yeah. All right. So that was the Brooklyn show. I enjoyed that. I thought that was good. Mm -hmm. Oh, I forgot to put in the notes. They had listener Joe who turned down a free ticket to the oh, yeah. and the Cursed Child. But the hilarious uh, part is he had already seen it. Right. Yeah, I know. That <laughs> was a really huge sacrifice. And they were like, wait, what? And he said, yeah, but I haven't seen it with this cast. <laughs> But that was still, that was pretty good. Yeah. That, was. that he would choose TBTL in a second mm -hmm. over Harry Potter. All right. Are we moving on from the live shows, which were generally good? I, I enjoyed both of them a lot because yeah. they were like tight yeah. shows. They did a good job. It was, mm -hmm. it was very enjoyable. Um, Luke was being charming. Yep. Andrew had his live 
live event voice on, which is more animated. <laughs> yes. yes. Yep. And they just, I, they interact well with other people, especially, you know, maybe because it is a smaller, I, mean, I, I get annoyed when they do things in small places because they need more room, but it almost seems like it's better like than a, them just going out to a large audience because they can see Luke may know what he's doing. Maybe slightly, maybe (laughs) sometimes like 35% of the time. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But okay. So the live shows were definitely the highlight of the week. Less of a highlight were the shows in between the live shows, which (laughs) a lot, a lot of sky jinx woo going on all over the place, which they just, these like two, White men with like no responsibilities but themselves are fucking exhausting when they talk about flying. It, it it's all it's just them. It's so easy. And I'm not being like parent shaming or anything, but I'm like, you have it so easy. It's just yourself. That's it. I understand that you're tall, Andrew, and I understand that Luke wants first but like it's not that I hard. I don't wanna sit in a middle seat, Hillary. I mean, it's so just w- look at your phone. Look at your phone or do something. Watch a movie. I don't know. Go to sleep. I know they can't sleep, but do something. It's not that hard. It's not like water torture. It's not the Baton Death March. Like you're in a middle seat for four hours. It's not like there's a little child crawling over your legs every five minutes. Exactly. (laughs) A parentless child sitting next to you. It's not like you suddenly have a son you didn't ask for. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, so yeah, the the Sky Jinx were a lot... um, this is the one that I think really rattled a lot of us on the way to Orlando. Luke was in first class as per usual, and there was a man that was sitting next to him or two seats away from him. Not that- next to him, adjacent. I to don't him. think near. Yeah. Near. Well, it's all near in first class, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Um, who uh, snored so disruptively that everybody was sort of freaking out about it, which, whatever, I don't know about that. Um, but then he placed all of the responsibility, not on the man or whoever else, but on the woman, middle-aged mom-ish type, sitting next to him, reading a romance novel. He says, with mm-hmm. such disdain. And with such clarity and certainty. Um, yes. That was my first thing. Knows. I was like, wait a minute. How the fuck do you know that she's reading a romance novel on her Kindle? How do you know she's not reading Tolstoy? And if she is reading a romance novel, which so that's so who cares? What? Yeah. Who cares? It's just so dismissive and de- like demeaning. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'll read um, Sam's Throw Your Phone on this. Um, Handle right. with care. I, <laughs> I put that note on there. Handle with care. Yes. Oh, okay. Shoving phones into the water tanks of every CPAP machine within 10 kilometers. God love you, Canadian Sam. Um, I have been trying so damn hard to stick with TBTL and limit my phone throws, but how on earth is the presumed wife of the man snoring on Luke's plane at fault for her husband's snoring? We're, we're really taking societal expectations put upon women to put people at ease to a whole other damn level. How mm-hmm. is the snore a really sweet dude 
dude and the handsome hubby and yet his wife, a fellow snorer sound sufferer, is stereotyped as a Costco shopping, romance novel reading, bad hair, pad haircut having, say it with me because you know it was implied, middle-aged momish type. I like that she uh, she shortened it. M-A-M-T. <laughs> Should that she comes have- in handy because we <laughs> use that phrase all the time. We do. I don't know why we didn't think of it sooner. <laughs> Seriously. Should she have administered adrenaline? Uh, should she have ha- held his eyes open with toothbooks? Picks. Ugh. How can this possibly be described as more on her than him? Also, do we even ha- know this is his wife? Because apparently it'd be fine to leave him there if they were coworkers, but she couldn't have been a coworker or doctor, right? Because lady, I take this personally <laughs> as I have a husband who snores as if the entire team is Jack Ham- Jack hammering with his, uh, septum. And do I wake him up with a swift elbow frequently? Sure. And I also have a migraine condition, which often triggers on flights. I'm lucky, lucky if I don't spend the majority of most flights using a wide assortment of air sick bags. And God help the man who tells me on a flight to control the audio output of my husband's nostrils. He may well lose his own. Thank you, Sam. Damn. That was lovely. Yeah, it was. I was like, what the fuck i know is going on here i know how could you tell first of all that she was his wife mm-hmm. maybe she was how do you know it wasn't a coworker? how do you know that they weren't in some situation where she doesn't feel safe telling her husband to correct his behavior mm-hmm. why is yeah, it that often does responsibility? not go well. <laughs> no why is it a responsibility and why do you think that you know about their relationship i i i can't I can't. Ah, I know this is, this is what frustrates me about them sometimes because I do think that they like are starting to gain an understanding of them, um, you know, being the beneficiaries of their white male status, regardless of their income or, you know, how they grew up. But sometimes I think that they refuse to evolve like further on stuff because they're like well we're already woke so like i can i can say this because i'm otherwise woke and it's like no you you're just like assuming all of these things and putting the onus why didn't luke say something to the guy like hey man Mm -hmm. stop snoring you're disrupting my sleep why does it have to be on her it's so frustrating they don't have the perspective i mean that's the problem with having two white dudes on a show right yeah they don't there's no female voice there's no one to to say hey hold on sometimes this is not a good situation and maybe she can't do that or she doesn't feel safe doing that or you know he's jumped on her throat before for for saying something you know that's that's not in their experience so they don't consider it which is you know we all have that flaw yeah. Um, but we need to try and think more outside of our own experiences. And it yeah. doesn't seem like they do that too often. <laughs> no. And we have talked so many times about how Luke seems to find it so necessary to comment on women's physical appearances. And when he was going on this, he was about to start describing the snorer guy. And then he was like, well, but you know, when he was awake, he seemed like really a sweet dude so i shouldn't say anything and then he goes on to describe this woman's haircut so that we know what a lame middle-aged momish type she is i'm just like what the fuck dude come on so much softness for this Mm -hmm. dude and then it's always the case it's always the case that you know a a woman's everything is sort of used against her and it's really frustrating. Whereas the guy could be like some slob or something and he just seems like a nice guy. 
I yeah, know. she couldn't do anything right. No, probably no. in his eyes. Nope. How dare her not be likable? Yeah, that is the like the worst. Um, the How worst dare she not manage everyone else's experience yep. around her? Yeah. <sighs> um. Well, that was really frustrating. And Sam, thank you for the throw your phone because it was yes, it was clarifying, cathartic. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Magnified and took the edge off my anger yeah. somehow. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Ugh. Um, Andrew <laughs> booked himself uh, when he was going to Orlando. He booked it through Detroit, even though APM said they would pay for the direct flight. Um, even though it went up a hundred dollars, he felt bad, so he did the 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 non layover with whatever the direct flight. <laughs> Went up $100, so Andrew felt like he had to do a connection, which is psychotic. And so stupid. It's so oh stupid God. and did a really tight connection, and he had to run through the airport. It's so dumb. Like, I am amazed. Somebody else is paying for it. Do They want you to get there. Like, they want does you to feel. Does he feel bad for APM? Like, they can afford I know. a plane I know. ticket. $100. Yeah. They can afford it. And they also, like, pay you to do a show that they want you to arrive at so maybe right. just book the, the book the direct flight make it easier on yourself it's so weird no I mean it's definitely I've had to sort of pump myself up in times when I'm asking for a raise or whatever because it's like oh can they really pay you know afford to pay me more or am I worth it and it's like this is a big company they can afford to pay me like suck it up and pay me yeah so I don't work for a nonprofit. pay me pay me money now, I've never flown through Detroit, I don't think. So, Meredith, can you explain the pitfalls of having a tight connection in Detroit? It's huge. <laughs> it's a giant airport. <laughs> and I don't know what terminal he was at, but the Delta one is especially huge. So but He said he had to take a train. Yes. Yes. Yeah. To, okay. So he had to get from one terminal to the other terminal. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's a train. You have you don't have to take the train necessarily, but if you don't, it takes you 45 minutes to walk <laughs> across <laughs> from one end to the other. So yeah, it's a big, big, big airport. It's a Delta hub. So yeah. Oh, so unwise. <laughs> well, and then he got his knickers in a twist because of course he was sitting in the back of the first plane, <laughs> oh, you know, his God. preferred seat by the toilets. <laughs> and then he just didn't, he didn't have the balls to ask if he could just be let off yeah, quickly just ask so that he could make his connection. I've been in that situation before yep. and I don't know how it arises. I just thought the flight attendants like figured it out <laughs> somehow <laughs> or somebody at the gate was like oh we've got people who need to catch a thing and they they make that announcement and everybody stays still and lets those people go like that's that's a fine that's no problem well and when he kind of brought it up somewhat passive aggressively to the flight attendant he was like um i have to get to here by this time is that gonna be okay and she was like oh yeah that's yeah, gonna be fine. fine so i kind of think it was andrew freaking out mm-hmm you know, how he wants to get to the airport three hours before the flight leaves. I think right. he may have been, you know, kind of over, over freaking about the connection time. But when he's got an assigned seat, right? Mm-hmm. So I used to freak out about that when I was on Southwest because your boarding position determines your fate. Yeah. So right. I wanted yep. to be as, you know, in my spot as soon as I possibly could. But that I don't care if I have an assigned seat. I'll get there last. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. Yeah, we mm-hmm. still get there. 
And then he got stuck. I did think this was a very Andrew thing, like to deboard the plane. He got stuck behind a mom with a little girl <laughs> who was like having fun kind of swinging on the armrest taking her time and andrew was like i gotta go i mean in these cases like i'm putting myself in the position of that mom i would love it if somebody said hey, i'm sorry can i get around real quick because i like i would be like great yes. go please i don't want i don't want anything to be blocking you i don't want to be the reason like you're gonna miss your flight or anything just like have some balls and say something mm. that's all you gotta do don't stew say, in your own anger yeah. right i know he doesn't have the guts to say excuse me can you let me buy to yeah. a five-year-old girl oh <laughs> 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 like, she might laugh anger. at him <laughs> no well yeah <laughs> she probably would but also i would be like okay just get by like it's fine yeah, Tell my go. child to move. Ugh. Well, that was really dumb, and I was, I just, he could have avoided it so many different ways, but, um, but he did have a little bit of luck on the way back from New York. He, uh, I guess, couldn't get, I guess it was a super booked flight. He couldn't, um, he could only get a middle seat, which we referred to before where he was just like, oh, this is going to be the worst flight of my life going from New York to Seattle. I'm like, oh man, come on. <laughs> um, and so then I guess he asked around or asked around and pestered them enough that they said, well, we do have an aisle seat if you want it. Turns out, of course, that's what he wants because that's Andrew. He wants the aisle seat and he sits down. The only reason why this made me laugh is the woman that he described sounds like my mother. I was like, was he sitting next to my mother? <laughs> she was talking about her Portuguese hat. I mean, my mom doesn't really wear hats, but just like all the travels she's done, she seems sort of like exotic. And, you know, I it really, really did sound like my mom. I know it wasn't my mom, but it really did sound like my mom. Um, but they lugged in and having, um, I, I don't know why it did make me laugh. They had a uh, middle seat that was empty, but Andrew kept going, shh, shh, don't talk about it. Don't talk about it, which is definitely yep. my way to go. Like you can't even speak of it because it will be broken if you speak don't of jinx it. it. Don't, don't jinx it. Don't wreck this for me. <laughs> but that is the best way to fly. When I flew to Seattle um, for the picnic, I had uh, the woman and I had a middle in between. I like the window, but we did have a middle seat in between us that was empty and it was glorious. I don't seem to have that luck lately. I do try to, when I pick my seat, I always, if somebody has picked the aisle, then I try to pick the window and then hopefully we'll have that middle between us. But it just hasn't seemed to work out lately. Yeah. Well, I think that mostly flights are like oversold. So it's rare to Mm -hmm. have an empty seat on there. I, I really don't remember a ton of times having an empty seat recently anywhere near Mm -hmm. me. I don't, um, love a, I don't love a middle seat, obviously, but like, it's just a flight, you know, that's yeah, right. Th- that's not the fun part. Like get through it. Flights yes. are not, not fun for anyone ever. No. They're, they're, there's something you have to do to get to where you want to go. So yeah, exactly. I, I just sort of like, ugh. well, this is my life for three hours. Oh, well. Yep. Okay. So what are you going to do? Yep. Well, yeah. Lots of sky jinx, both good and bad. Woo. should we move on to news you can't use (laughs) yes (laughs) hyper local if you live in new zealand um they're going to try to eliminate their entire rat population um i guess they're having some problems with their local ecosystem and the rats are taking over and um as we know nothing ever bad happens when you try to alter the ecosystem like this (laughs) no (laughs) 
So I'm sure this will be fine, and there will not be any other invasive species, and it won't be, you know. Mm-mm. Wait, what did what did um, Andrew say? It made me laugh. It was like God, God don't make no mistakes. God don't make no dirt or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what what is the purpose of rats? Yeah, I guess that's a good question. I mean, they are food for bar- larger mammals, I guess. Yeah. Or yeah. Do, crocodiles. What do rats eat? Do rats eat insects? That's do, what. It, I don't know. Do they eat carrion? pizza in New York? I know. <laughs> I mean, uh, cigarette butts. I I don't know. There's rats are kind of right? organic street sweepers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't. It seems um, ill-advised to me. The only thing I can think of that I don't know of anything beneficial that we should get rid of because I think it kills a lot of things are mosquitoes. I don't know. I know I, there's some book that came out a couple months ago about how mosquitoes are the source of like most diseases or, you know, most plagues in the world. They've killed more humans than any other animal on earth ever. They're the worst. That's the only thing I can think of because I don't think that they serve a greater purpose they're food they for food. bats. Yeah. Oh, yeah, birds. I guess so. Uh, but there are I other bugs so. flying around. I guess what so. What if, can't we just breed, make genetically modified mosquitoes that don't bite people? Yeah, yeah. they have done that. And then and not people here. get upset about it. I'm sure that'll be fine. That, yeah. <laughs> disrupt the ecosystem in ways we haven't considered. No. <laughs> it's like all Jurassic Park. Like something bad is going to happen. I mean, our ecosystem <laughs> right. is not natural anymore. Like we've destroyed yeah. it so much and humanized yeah. it so much that it yeah. doesn't make a lot of sense to be like, it needs to go back to the way it was. Well, then we all need to die. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we need to stop building things and we need to vanish from yep. the earth. <laughs> yep. uh, speaking of Jurassic Park. If I may, <laughs> which of course we all think about when these topics come yes. up. Yes. We had a research lab at the university where they were having problems keeping the heat stable, just the way that the heating system works. So they turned to us for help with that. And it turned out they had to keep a really narrow like range of heating because they were studying these frogs. And if you got them outside of the preferred a heat band, the frogs could spontaneously change sex. And Whoa. I was like, Jurassic Park is yes. real. <laughs> it is. Wow. Thanks. I've heard of that before. I didn't know it was temperature based. Apparently. That's pretty cool. That's- so I guess they've done this successfully in Alberta like decades ago and it's been fine, I guess? Question mark? I don't know. Um, it's interesting. Rats carry diseases, so I'm not... I don't know. I, I have some friends who have pet rats, and that's fine yeah. for them. But <laughs> I don't need more rats in my life. <laughs> sure. It was interesting when I think Andrew asked Luke how this like affected his animal empathy. How did yeah. he feel about rats? And he was like, well, I mean, I guess that we can't just not have any animals at all die. Some animals <laughs> have to die. So we get to pick and choose which ones die? <laughs> I don't know. Luke's, uh, Luke's animal empathy is very looks-based. I mean, yes, it's yes. cute-based. <laughs> well, that's how a lot of people feel. And, you know, that's yeah. kind of a human reaction, right? Yeah. Like, we don't... You see a cute cow and you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't eat those. But then you see a burger and you're like, yeah, I should. <laughs> Dennis Leary used to do a great bit about that years and years and years ago where he had this conversation where like, what kind of animal are you? I'm an otter. 
what do you do? Oh, yeah. I do cute human do things cute with my things hands. With my hands. <laughs> you can go. And then the next one was, what are you? I'm a cow. You're a baseball glove. Get in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, good luck, New Zealand. We'll Surely see. nothing will go wrong in that Yikes. sort of ecological hellhole. I'm really glad that they're an island. Yes. Let's put it that way. Yeah. If this all goes terribly wrong, hopefully it won't spread. <laughs> and it won't mean that like there are more deadly spiders and snakes everywhere. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> God. Uh, I thought they were having a huge cat problem. All the feral yeah. cats on Australia and New Zealand. Shouldn't the cats be killing well, wait, all the rats? Maybe that's the problem. They they killed all the cats with poison sausages. And now oh. the rats are thriving. <laughs> the rats are running amok. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, for our final subject, uh, memes. Um, <laughs> they talked about this dad from, you said the East Coast, like we didn't all know. It's from the New England based. <laughs> I wasn't I, listening very I closely to this. assume that this dad is also a fan of Tom Brady and mm. socks. Um, <laughs> but the, this dad from the East Coast is on the front lines of the Mimi Wars. Um, <laughs> We were talking a little bit about this um, before the show started, and it was, like, funny, and his family was funny, but, like, this guy has a problem. Yeah. <laughs> He's waking up in the middle of the night. It's like, you know, they used to say that John Cougar Mellencamp would, like, wake up in the middle of the night and smoke cigarettes, which is wild. This is, mm-hmm. like, this guy. Like, he wakes up in the middle of the night to post memes and, like, Ugh. see the reaction to them. It's it's not good. It's not I good. I want to know what kind of memes he's posting. Like, I want to, <laughs> is it like minions? Because he's a dad. They don't sound like they're like, super Great. scorching. Yeah. Memes. But the whole, I mean, the whole language around this is the thing that's really kind of mind boggling and disturbing, right? When he's brought the idea of like funny pictures into a war contest yes. about how, you know, how his memes are his weapons and he's got to have them all close to hand. So he's ready to be firing them at people. Otherwise people will keep firing memes. I'm like, who, who is re- honestly getting into these meme battles? Rapid fire meme battles. <laughs> I mean, I'm really not a young anymore. Are the youngs having meme battles? Maybe. Probably. And Who's Billie Eilish? I don't know. What is this? Billie <laughs> Eilish. <laughs> What's a Bisco girl? I don't know. There's all these things that I don't really understand. <laughs> Ugh. Bisco girls. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, the, this, this is, it's like baby boomers and you know gen z they're they're in meme battles but it's like different levels of it (laughs) it's sort of like skipped a generation well and i think your point is really well made hillary about this guy's got something wrong (laughs) yeah with him i mean when the one son was describing about (laughs) how he actually had to close his like shut down his facebook page like he unfollowed his dad and then the dad would post on his friends pages or something like he was getting through all the barriers and the guy was like i have to shut down my facebook page because my dad is spamming me with memes 24 7 and he's like now he's just gonna send them an email i don't know i don't know it like scratches some itch for this poor old man but yeah that's that's (laughs) 
That's a problem. The way he was describing it sounded very much like a gambling thing where you get yes. like, oh, yeah. is there anything this time? How about this time? How about this time? Like he's yep. got to go and get that that um, dopamine drip yep. into his brain or whatever it is. Yep. Exactly. Well, didn't Luke say that that sounds like Luke with Twitter? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like what reaction did I get from this? Did people retweet mm-hmm. me or people commenting? The answer is no. Always. <laughs> Almost yeah. always. Pretty much not. <laughs> All right. Well, final thoughts. I had one thing that I wrote down that I just made me laugh. It was such a weird non sequitur when they had Hodgman on the show, on the live show, and they were talking about his television and movie roles. And he said, quote, I've played a wide variety of mustache creeps, unquote. <laughs> that was really funny. He does look creepy in a mustache. He does. He's got that round kind of baby face. Yep. He also said something about like it's something ruining his keto or whatever, and that also oh, made yeah. me laugh. <laughs> oh, I think it was the cricket protein bar. Yes. How many yes. carbs does it have? Will it ruin his keto? Right. And it had way too many. He's like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> Twenty four grams of carbs yeah. or something. Yeah. That's that's your whole day's allotment when you're doing keto, so No, he was good. He was really, yeah. really funny. I laughed a lot during that show. I did. I did too. And I was like nervous about it. Well, not nervous, but I, I had sort of seen like, uh, I don't know if it was so great. And then when I listened to it, I thought it was really charming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did too. Well, there were a couple of complaints that Hodgman interrupted and talked over Luke okay, and Andrew. Right? And I was like, come on. It's okay. When you have two alpha interrupters on stage, <laughs> two alpha talkers, there's there's going to be some of that. <laughs> For sure. Got to get in there. Take the reins. Yep. Speaking of live shows, for the must listen, I don't know if you guys agree, but I thought that both live shows were very good. They made me happy and they were entertaining and they were a good length. So Tuesday, number 3000 and (laughs) Thursday, number 3002. They were a good length (laughs) because that is definitely our metric. I was like, do (laughs) recommend. Are they about an hour? My favorite. (laughs) All right, let's move on to housekeeping. Um, check out our merch for now. It's littleredbandwagon.com. We do have some cool merch still. Um, yeah. and, and at some point, it'll be retro, so you should get your hands on it now. <laughs> Ooh, vintage. Yeah. <laughs> and um, check out the uh, Earbuds and Earworms this week is songs about being alone, as far as we can tell. Yep. I think that's what's going on this week, so go check out that podcast. Amy is a delight. There can't be any songs about that, can there? Nah. Not very many. I can't think of any. What is the loneliest? Okay, I'm not going to say anymore. Um, (laughs) You know, I want to, but I'm not going to. Um, Okay, get involved. LittleRedBandWagon.com is our website. And the little, like, little mice behind the scenes are going to fix it. I think so it directs to our new page. I, I think it'll be seamless, I hope. I think. Um, but throwyourphone.com will always be around. Um, please yep. use it. And y'all been using, mm-hmm. y'all been doing a really good job with it. Thank you. Um, join our Facebook page, which will soon be a Facebook group as per Mike. Um, the show Twitter is at LRB podcast. You can email us at little red bandwagon at gmail.com. Send us a voice memo. Um, I got a lovely one from Alan. 
Um, it made me feel very famous and uh, complimented, <laughs> so I enjoy it. Um, Tell her she's smart and pretty, guys. It's her <laughs> birthday <laughs> month. I know it is. 22 days. Um, fax Bobby your butt at work at 617-354-8513. And with that, Anne, why don't you get us out of here? Until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Jen. (laughs) (laughs) We love you, Jen. I did it so bad, I woke up the kitten, too. Oh, no. Nailed it? Oh, that is mad.
just feel like we should have a cackle for the end of it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> for the coven episode. <laughs> we should. 